Rasta Jeff, you bad motherfucker. Oh shit, Rasta Jeff in the house. Greetings from Podcastville. This episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast is brought to you by my friends at SeedsHereNow.com. SeedsHereNow.com offers seeds from all of the industry's leading breeders, including TH Seeds, Swamp Boys Genetics, and of course, Irie Genetics. Everything at SeedsHereNow.com is backed by an award-winning satisfaction guarantee, and for my friends on a tight budget, SeedsHereNow.com offers several packs for under $30, as well as amazing monthly sales. Make sure to use coupon code GFYH10 while checking out to save a few bucks. Once again, that is coupon code GFYH10 while checking out at SeedsHereNow.com. Here we go. Welcome to the show, podcast world. I'm your host. My friends call me Rasta Jeff, and this is episode 699 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. In this episode, I'm going to focus on a couple of grow questions. Before I get to that part of the show, let's do a few shout outs to a few of those great folks who continue to support the show on Patreon. Let's kick it off with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to a longtime supporter, our friend Brian P. Let's send a big thank you shout out to our buddy Trium Up. Let's send a thank you shout out to Bongstein Bear. I want to send a big thank you shout out to Blackhawks Fan. Let's send a fist bump and a thank you shout out to Johnny Appleweed. Let's send a fist bump to Nick P and Canna Reaper 413. Let's send a big fist bump and a thank you shout out to Pac Northwest Dan. Let's send a big fist bump to Luke. Let's send a thank you to Frankie. Let's send a fist bump to Ivan Munoz. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Thomas M. Then let's wrap it all up with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to our friend Rut Row. Big thanks and big shout out to everybody who continues to support the show on Patreon. If you are not already supporting the show and you would like to learn how to do so, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need will be right there on the screen. And you know I do include that link in the show notes and in the video description to make it nice and easy for all of my friends. Speaking of making things easy for all of my friends, I got a very weird Patreon message. I'm not going to say who it was. I'm not going to say their name. Uh, I got a question about, I was straight up relationship, love and relationship and family and marriage advice. And I'm going to say right now at the top of this show, that's not what this is about. I am in no way qualified to give you relationship advice, that sort of stuff. This is a cannabis growing show. Somebody paid money on my Patreon to ask me a relationship advice question. I asked if they wanted their money back. They did not want their contribution back. I felt it very weird. Um, I'm not the guy to come to for that. So, uh, that was awkward. That's all I've really got to say about that. I wanted to address that on the show because first of all, it was kind of, I, I thought they might be trolling me, but then I realized, no, this person paid money for this. Uh, they might be serious. So I contacted them. I was like, bro, is this for real? And they're like, yeah, I need your guidance. And I was like, I'm not the person, dude. I'm not a relationship counselor. All I'm going to do is I'm a 42-year-old single guy, not the guy to ask for relationship advice from. Uh, I, I just want to make it clear. Don't don't send me relationship questions on Patreon. You'll get your money back. And also, that's kind of funny. I thought it was funny. Once I, I was like, this is real. I don't know if I thought it was funnier when I thought it was trolling or when I realized it was real. Either way, that was my laugh of the week. I thought I'd share it with you guys. 
relationship advice on Patreon. That's kind of funny. Maybe I should have taken the money and given my best advice. It did not feel right. I don't have that kind of qualification, you guys. All right, let's jump into some real content here on this podcast. I do have a Patreon question here in front of me that does come from a longtime Patreon supporter who would rather remain a non-a-mouse. It goes a lot like this. It says, hey, Rasta Jeff, I've never heard you discuss the washing qualities of your strains. I plan on dabbling in some bubble hash production, and I've wondered if you have any reports on Irie washing attributes. If no such reports exist, which Irie strain is the stickiest of them all? That's a very good question. Uh, what our friend here is asking is about making bubble hash. They're going to, uh, there's a lot of good ways to do this, but uh, let's just stick to the point. They're going to make some bubble hash. They're going to extract the uh, trichomes from the plants using uh, ice water, uh, ice, po probably some bubble bags and some agitation. That's the main way to do it. They're going to freeze the trichomes off the buds, collect them through some sort of a sieve bag. That's the way it's going to happen here. So our friend is basically asking which Irie genetic strains wash the best because they do plan to make some bubble hash. Uh, they are going to use uh, bubble bags and ice and water and agitation and remove the trichomes from the plant material to make smokable concentrates. Some people from there will press that, make it even cleaner and better. Uh, some people will just smoke the bubble depending on the quality that they make. There are a lot of methods to doing that. In the wintertime, it's a great time to make bubble hash because the colder uh, your environment, the colder the process, the better the concentrate. That is an advantage of being here in Colorado in the wintertime. Let me get myself back on track. Our friend wants to make bubble hash and to make the best hash. They want to know which Irie genetic strains have been known for making the best bubble and the best wash concentrates. I do have some good feedback for you. I can tell you right away that the cream is definitely going to be one of the best washers. The cream is amazing for washing. It rinses really easily. It puts off a lot of product. It tastes and smells amazing. And most of the time, the color that comes from it is a real light white color. So it makes your washed product product look really desirable, really tasty. And the, the buzz from it will sit you on your ass. It's the kind of buzz that makes you just, sometimes when you smoke concentrates, your brain will wander. When you smoke the cream, you just sit right back in your ass. You find a recliner and you lean back and you chill out for a little bit. That's what it'll do to you. So the cream is going to be uh, my very first recommendation. However, the cream is getting close to being sold out forever. Once the cream sells out, I'm not going to make any more. Um, nothing against the cream plant. <clears throat> Excuse me. Nothing against that cream plant. It is just, uh, it's not something that I'm going to work with uh, anymore. I, it's time to move on. I make some things. Uh, I produce them for a certain amount of time. Uh, and then sometimes I just simply move on. I'm only allowed to have so many plants in the garden. You guys know that. And so uh, the cream, the mom plant that makes the cream has been eliminated. I don't have that plant anymore. Couldn't make more if I wanted to. I could F2 it, I could S1 it. However, it is time to move on. The cream has done its thing. Uh, it's, it's worked its course. So I will not be making any more cream seeds. If you can find them, uh, if you can get them, I would get those, make some bubble hash with those. Another line that would make amazing concentrates is the Dark Hollow. That one makes more of that real uh, musky, earthy, garlicky scented concentrate. It's also real light in color. It washes really well. I really like the Dark Hollow concentrates. Now let's talk about something else. I was at the Dude Grows Cup, and my friend Kelvin grew Strawberry Starburst, and they pressed the Strawberry Starburst into rosin. The rosin that Pedro made out of the Strawberry Starburst was some of my favorite rosin I have ever smoked. So if you're going to press it, maybe Strawberry Starburst might be right up your alley uh, for the pressing concentrates. Uh, I also wrote down that the Blue Raspberry Truffle has made some amazing pressed concentrates. 
Then we're going to talk about The Machine. Recently, I was gifted a batch of The Machine. So The Machine started off as machine fresh frozen buds. They grew the plant, they chopped it down, they took off all the big leaves and froze it almost immediately. Then they took that and they made bubble hash out of those frozen buds. From those frozen buds, then they pressed that in a press and made hash rosin. That concentrate put me on my ass. It made me totally goofy. Uh, the entire time I had that jar of concentrates around, uh, my day was just half done. It was like I was multitasking, but I was multi, I was actually multi-fucking things up. I wasn't getting anything done properly. I was doing 10 things at a time. All of them were failing. Uh, it was a good thing. That concentrate was awesome, but it made me stupid. It made me dumb. I did a podcast and I don't really, uh, I don't recall that podcast. I, I know I did it. I know I had a good time. I know it was a good show, uh, but I was in a bubble for the whole time. That machine concentrate wrecked me. So the machine makes great concentrates. Something else I've noticed is that all of the lemon strains that I breed make really tall trichomes and those tall trichomes seem to make good concentrates. So the lemon sunrise, the lemon Jeffrey, uh, those seem to make really good concentrates. I don't know if it's the tall trichomes. I don't know if it's the size of the trichome head. I'm really not certain. I'm not a concentrate maker or a trichome head expert. So that is not my area of expertise, but I do know that those lemon strains make amazing concentrates. Now, I did say that I'm not the concentrate maker. Uh, let me tease an upcoming episode. For episode 710, I do plan to have a concentrate maker on the show. I will ask them about the size and shape of trichome stalks and heads and see how much of a difference that does make in our concentrate production because I'm interested to learn that type of thing too. So I've been rambling for quite a bit about uh, bubble hash recommendations. Let me kind of recap a little bit. And then also, let me. you should keep this in mind. Um, I do smoke a lot of flour. People are like, do you only smoke concentrates? No, I smoke a lot of flour. Uh, I just tend to take more dabs when I'm on the go because uh, to get myself the buzz I want with flowers, I basically have to smoke an entire uh, big fat joint, about, about a two gram, three and a half gram joint. I got to smoke that bad bitch by myself to get the desired effect. Uh, and then I'm just carrying a joint around or hitting a bowl all day. I could take a dab or two dabs in just a couple of minutes and be lit for a few hours, a couple, maybe two and a half hours. If I take a couple of fat dabs, I could be nice and heavily medicated. I would prefer a dab every hour, but when you're working, when you're busy, uh, trying to be productive, you can't be sitting around dabbing all day. So I try to stay on the move. That's why I smoke a lot of dabs, but I do love smoking a lot of flowers. I breed seeds. I make a lot of new creations. <clears throat> I like to test grow and test smoke and enjoy my new creations. I really love to uh, smoke when I create a new seed line and give it to somebody local and they grow it and they bring me flowers or bring me concentrates, I love smoking those flowers. I love smoking those concentrates. So I do smoke a lot of flowers, but I primarily have been smoking concentrates lately since the whole dab revolution fired up and uh, they're easily available, readily available. Kind of what I'm leaning towards here, kind of what I'm heading for is uh, I think I've accidentally been breeding flowers that are geared toward concentrate production. I don't know if I was doing it subconsciously or consciously, but I prefer to smoke concentrate. So when my harvest is ready, when all my flowers are done, most of the time, if it's not a seeded product, if it's something I grew for myself, at least two thirds, three quarters of it gets allocated for concentrate production. We don't even trim it. Uh, not the way that we would trim it for, uh, for smoking, which we'll talk about our concentrate gurus in a future episode to see the difference between harvesting and growing our buds. If there's a difference uh, between growing for concentrate and growing for flowers, but I allocate probably three quarters of my, my grow for concentrate making, uh, concentrate production, because I prefer to smoke concentrate. So I maybe subconsciously, secretly in the back of my head have been breeding so that I can have the best quality concentrates. 
If you think about it, I've got strawberry starburst. That makes fucking strawberry concentrates. Who doesn't love a strawberry concentrate? Lemon Jeffrey, lemon concentrates. Who doesn't love a lemon concentrate? It's, I kind of caught myself accidentally breeding toward that avenue. Most of my stuff is going toward the most flavorable, most potent concentrates. So I said I was going to recap. I don't know if I got to that part. Uh, bubble hash. Some of the best strains I would recommend would be the cream. I've got great experience with the cream making amazing bubble hash. Uh, then I would say strawberry starburst. Then I would say blue raspberry truffle. Then I would throw the machine in there. Definitely dark hollow. <clears throat> then all of the lemon strains that I make fall in that category for making good concentrates. I don't have good experience. I don't have the education, but I think something with the size of the trichome heads that come from the lemon skunk plant that I work with, I think that results in very good concentrates. Uh, it just catches in the bags very well. And I guess if there's a big trichome head, there's got to be a lot of product inside of that trichome head as well, right? That's where all the magic happens. I'm not sure what I'm talking about. All right. Uh, my friend who would rather remain a non-a-mouse, I want to thank you for your great message. I also want to thank you for the generous Patreon contribution that does not go unnoticed. Thank you for that. I uh, look forward to hearing more from you. If you have any more questions, please do reach out. Uh, he wrapped this up with take care, bro. Oh, also, uh, which is the stickiest Irie strain of all? I think sticky is going to be uh, kind of more about your growing and breeding environment. It's all about uh, if your room is dry, your weed won't get real sticky. If your room is kind of humid, if you've got the proper VPD, your weed will get sticky. It's got the potential, the opportunity to get sticky. Then in the dry and cure process, You've got to baby that weed and keep it just right. Spongy, gooey, but not, not juicy. You want it kind of, uh, that's, that's the fine line right there. That's where you get the stickiness. I think that comes from the dry and cure. I think anything out of my line, uh, properly grown, properly dried and cured has the potential to be the sticky icky. All right, dude. Once again, thank you for the great question. Let's keep it moving. All right. This next message comes from our friends at Cedar City, Canna, and it goes a little bit like this. It says, Hey Rasta Jeff, thank you for all the knowledge and info you drop. You are very welcome. Thank you for listening and watching. It goes on. It says, I'm cultivating indoor hemp because I live in a prohibition state. Uh, be careful. You still may need uh, hemp cultivation licenses. Don't think that uh, just because it's hemp and not cannabis that you can't get in any trouble. Uh, side rant, random story. Sometimes these are people's favorites part of, favorite parts of the podcast. We had some friends who were growing cannabis outdoors they possibly allegedly may have been over their legal limit of how many cannabis plants we were allowed to have uh, in the region in which they were growing. The police came. Actually, uh, zoning came. It was zoning. It wasn't even the police because in Colorado, if you've got a certain amount of plants over your limit uh, and you don't seem like you're into a criminal activity or a criminal enterprise, they just send zoning. So far, it's a zoning violation. So they sent code enforcement and code enforcement comes up and they're like, sir, it seems that you have too many cannabis plants. And my friend said, what if I tell you they're hemp plants? And he said, well, then we're going to go get the Department of Agriculture and fine you for your illegal hemp plants. But if you've got illegal cannabis plants, we're just going to make you cut those down until you've got your limit. So the options were, if they were cannabis plants, we were going to cut them down until we got to our legal limit. We were allowed to have X plants. We had X plus question mark, had to cut down all the question mark, get to X while the, while the uh, department, while the code enforcement guy watched, he basically was like, pick them out, cut them down. That's all I care about. And so the plants got chopped down. If they were hemp, we would not have had, they would not have had the option to cut down the parts, the plants in the question mark. Those would have been illegal hemp plants and we would have been fined for growing hemp without any licensing. 
Uh, that was a weird dynamic to experience that day. That uh, Luckily, that zoning guy was pretty cool. He was just an older guy. He didn't want any shit, didn't want any trouble. Wanted to come out and say, hey, the neighbors say it smells like fucking dank weed out here. You got too many plants. I can't really say much other than cut down the plants. And if those are still here in a few days, the law will come. And we're like, well, shit, we'll just cut down the plants. And the plants went choppity chop chop into the compost bin. That was that. Uh, we were allowed to finish the crop with the legal amount of plants in that area. I told you I was going to get rambling. So be careful with your hemp plants. That is the main point of that story. Um, let's get back into this. I live in a prohibition state and I'm on the, be careful growing anything in a prohibition state, my friend. Uh, please do. It says I'm on the fence with breeding a CBD cultivar. I like that. Uh, with your breeding expertise, um, uh, that might be an exaggeration, but I appreciate that. Would it matter for THC sake, which was the male versus which was the female? Say an orangegasm. Let's not say orangegasm because orangegasm's uh, fem seed and it's got to be, uh, this will, it may work in here, but I just want to keep in mind orangegasm is fem and that bell went off in the breeder salesman side of my brain. Say orangegasm pollinated by a CBD cultivar. That is possible. So you've got a female orangegasm pollinated by a high CBD cultivar or uh, pollen from a reversal reversal or a male THC to the CBD cultivar. I see what you're saying. THC male to a CBD female or the opposite either way. Uh, I know you do not grow hemp, but if you had any advice or knowledge on the pollen donor versus the receiver, that'd be helpful. Thanks again. Um, then something cut out here. It looks like my printer. By the way, something is Oh, uh, I think it says orangegasm is fire. The emojis did not print here. That's what happened. Uh, by the way, the orangegasm is fire. Thank you, bro. I appreciate that. Uh, let's talk a little bit about breeding for cannabinoids. You're trying to create a high CBD cultivar by, or a, yeah, high CBD cultivar by starting with a THC and a CBD high strain. So when you do the first cross, when you make that first cross, so a lot of you're asking mainly uh, if it matters if we do the male or the female. It all matters. Um, I don't think it's going to matter which is the male and which is the female. It's going to work. Uh, it's going to come down to your selection. The first cross is going to open up Pandora's box. Um, it kind of depends on which plant. Also, it depends on which plant carries the dominant trait, which one uh, dominates the mix. I've talked about this in previous episodes. When we're breeding, a lot of the times the goal is to mix the plants together to get two traits of a plant, one Tra traits of one plant, traits of another plant, mix those into one plant. You hope to see those traits, uh, those alleles express themselves in the progeny. Uh, sometimes you see weird shit. Sometimes you see stuff from the grandparents. Sometimes you don't see what you're expecting. But it all depends on the dominance, co-dominance, uh, and not dominance of the genes, of the traits of that plant. Sometimes I've talked about uh, using a male plant that is too dominant, <clears throat> excuse me, a male plant that is too dominant in a mix. Imagine if you've got like just a, a dude that's just beastly all the time. He, he can't think real well, but he could fucking move a refrigerator with his left hand and you're just a, an ogre, just a real ogrely male. Maybe you wouldn't want to breed with that ogrely male because all the offspring are just going to be fucking flat forehead, narrow eyed ogres. We don't need a bunch of ogres in the offspring. You want to see some of the female in the cross. So I would skip those real meathead ogrely male plants uh, because those are going to be too, too dominant. If you've got a male or a female plant, that could happen on either side. You could have a super powerful fucking femme queen on one side or an ogrely dominant male on one side, and that will dominate your mix. And then your cross is just going to be more representations of the male or female. The cannabinoids are going to transfer the same way. If the male plant carries the THC 
and it's a super dominant plant, you're going to see a lot of THC in the offspring. If the female plant is super dominant in the mix and carries the CBD, you're going to see that or vice versa. However, it works just depends on kind of which plant is dominant in its gene passing. A lot of times we'd hope to see a perfect 50, 50 mix, which is how it works, but expression, you're going to see weird shit. So now let's talk about the weird shit we're going to see. Um, in my experience from my, what you called expertise, which I'm not sure I qualify for, but thank you. When we first make this F1 cross with these varied cannabinoids in my experience, in my prediction with my expertise, uh, what I've seen, what I think will happen is the F1, the first cross you take your either way. I don't, it doesn't matter if you've got a THC male or female CBD, male or female, you got CBD and THC male or female. We're going to cross them bad bitches the first time. You're going to get very high CBD cultivars. You're going to find very high THC cultivars. Then you're going to find things in the middle and everything in between. You're just going to open up Pandora's box and get a little bit of everything. At this point, I would find a female that is obviously high in CBD. I would try to do lab testing. That's the best way to find CBD if that's really what you're looking for. Find the one that is the highest in the CBD and lowest in THC. You also need to find the good grower, the one that grows well. So do the pheno hunt. Find the one that works best for you. Find the plant that looks like how you want your finished project to look like. What do you want the plant structure to be like? How do you want it shaped? Do you want long spaces? Do you want short internodal structure? Do you want long branching? Do you want short branching? What kind of plants are you into growing? Find the plant that grows the way you need it to grow for your purpose or the plant that is going to reach your goal. So now you've selected a female uh, from the F1 progeny. Find a male from the F1 progeny that looks just like that girl if you can. Similar leaf shape, similar node structure, similar everything. Find its twin except it's a boy. Then cross those two, pollinate that bad bitch. Now you've made the F2s. In those F2s, we are going to find a lot of crazy shit. We are going to find... Uh, grandparents and great-grandparents expressing themselves, but we are also going to find beautiful representations of exactly what we're looking for for the F2. We found exactly what we want in this batch. You're going to find that exactly the one with the CBD, the growth structure, exactly what you want in this batch. Then you're going to find a male and you're going to do it again. Now we are making the F3. Now at this point, we are actually beginning to lock in that CBD dominant trait. We have found the plants. So the F1, uh, when you make that F1, it's going to be wild. You're going to have a lot of stuff. F2, even more wild, but there's going to be a solid plant in there to work with. Then you're going to use that F2 to make F3. The F3s are going, if we selected correctly, the F3s are going to start showing us exactly what we're looking for. If we did this correctly, at least 50% of the plants we grow should look like the plant we are looking for. Uh, maybe closer to 60, maybe 70. It depends all about your selection. So at this point, here we go again. Find the plant that works very well for you, the one that makes the CBD, the low THC, the flavor you want, that grows the structure, shape, time, all of the attributes that you need. Find those alleles for you. Find that plant. Find the female. Find the male. Here we go again. Let's pollinate. Let's cross them. Now we're making F4. Now at this point, your percentage of your uh, stability, this is where the word stability really does come in here. Uh, this is where your stability will come into play. You're going to start increasing the stability every time you do this. If you select correctly, if you don't make the right selection, you got to go back to that F2, the F3, wherever you were, wherever you did see what you liked, 
go there, maybe the step before and rework that, select different plants from the mix. Um, so just keep working this. By the time you get to F4, you should be really close to what you're looking for. By the time you get to uh, F5, you'll have what I called, what I wrote down as reliable, stabilized phenotypes. Most of the phenotypes are going to come out looking like the plant you're looking for. By the time you get to F6, you've got basically clones. You're growing probably 95, 98% of the seeds you toss out are going to look exactly the same. So it doesn't really matter uh, which plant has the THC, which one has the CBD. That first time you cross it, you're going to you're gonna get the, the whole mix of shit. The second time, you're going to get an even wider mix of shit. Find the plants you like. Keep moving forward in filial generation with your goal in mind. Take a lot of notes. Um, never be afraid to go back. If you messed up and you're not seeing what you want in the F3, F4, go back. Work the F2 again. Start there. Uh, then take a lot of notes. See what did and what did not work. Also, here may be a useful tip. When you were working with these plants, you've got a couple of options. You can take the um, you can take one male and you can pollinate multiple females. What is stopping you from taking one the select male uh, from your F2 population? and pollinating three females. You got the tall one, the short one, and the squatty one. Pollinate all three of them, mark the seeds and grow those and see which one of those you like the best. What is stopping you? Nothing's stopping you from pollinating multiple females. So pollinating multiple females, each round will give you uh, multiple avenues to work with. Then you can always cross those lines together. If you get one that has the structure you want and one that's got the CBD that you want, later on, cross those together that's always a fun work parallel lines. Should I talk briefly on parallel lines? So in your first project, you were working strictly for CBD, right? So let's just breed for CBD on this side. All we're looking for is CBD, maybe growth also because you have to have stable uh, plants that can support themselves, strong, healthy, vigorous plants is the word I'm looking for. So we're looking for plant growth and CBD on one side. We just breed for that. Uh, you just, just, just like I said before, F2, Look for CBD and plant growth. F3 for CBD and plant growth. All the way up to F5, maybe F6. On another project, we're using the exact same seeds, except we're looking for different attributes. Let's say we're looking for, uh, maybe it puts out a super strong grape aroma. So we're going to breed other plants over here, and we're looking for nothing but grape aroma. So we're going to grow them, and all the plants that don't smell like grapes, they get tossed. We're going to F2, the grape-smelling plant going to find an F2 that smells like grapes. We're going to F3 that, F4, F5, F6, to where every time we grow it, it just smells like grapes every time. Then we cross our CBD dominant cultivar to our grape cultivar, and we breed those together, and you get fucking grape CBD out of your line, a true F1 that you've created all the way from F... F yeah, that, that feels really fun to do, right? That's a lifelong project, uh, maybe something to think about. That's just what I was saying when I say parallel lines. I said it, had to ramble about it. Thanks for listening to that. I hope you learned something on that. Let me get myself back on track here because I did freestyle most of the info coming out of this question here. A lot of this is going to rely on your selection. Luckily, now we've got science, we've got labs. Um, you can do predicative testing. If you're looking for CBD, you can take snippets or uh, tissue samples of all of your plants and send them to the lab and they can say, this plant has got the precursor for a lot of THC or the precursor for a lot of CBD, and you can toss those high THC plants and keep those high CBD plants. Now you're just breeding out of, uh, you've already got half your population eliminated, half your work is done for you. You know those cannabinoids are going to be there. Now you can grow for a structure, 
uh, the other traits which you are looking for, you can focus more on that. Predicative testing will really help you out if that is available, uh, affordable, cost-effective. That will really speed you up in this program. You can identify the presence of CBD precursors early in vegetative growth. Yes, I know that sounds crazy, but then you can get rid of all those THC plants early and just breed for CBD. That will definitely help you move forward in your generations. All right. My friend, I folded up the paper. You wanted to be called Cedar City Canna. Make sure you follow them on Instagram. It's Cedar City Canna. Big shout out. Big thanks for the great message. I hope I answered your question. You did ask uh, which male and which female the traits would come from, but I think I gave you a good answer to your question. If you have any follow-ups to that, I would love to hear from you. The email address is hotmail.com. Don't be shy. Send me those questions, corrections, comments, concerns, positive criticism. What is it? Constructive criticism, positive feedback. I look forward to all of the above. Ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, pimps, hoes, friends, foes, smokers, growers, clone cutters, pollen chuckers, all of you amazing cannabis enthusiasts out there. I want to thank you once again for listening to episode 699 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. It does blow my mind every time I say that. Uh, super high numbers. 700 is next. 710 is coming. I'm super excited. Um, I think that's all I'm going to ramble on for this episode. I look forward to seeing you in the next show. Uh, make sure you check out the Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. Uh, what else do we got for you? The website, iregenetics.com. Thanks again for watching, you guys. I'll be back in a couple of days with fresh content. Let's give a giant shout out to my buddy, Smoke What? And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mama a hug for me.